if we don't know the will of God because we don't know the scriptures, we are hamstrung then at that point um, when we've been given the resources in scripture to make forward progress in terms of decisions. Hello and welcome to Theology on the Go. I am Jonathan Master. I am joined by James Dolezal. And today, James, we have a chance just to talk with each other about a, a topic that I get a number of questions about. I'm sure you do too. And, 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 and I've asked questions about throughout my life. That is how to make decisions. I, we could steal the title of Gary Friesen's very well-known book, Decision Making and the Will of God. That's our topic today. Yeah, and it's a uh, well. We we both have been in academia, undergraduates, graduate students who are who are at transitional places in life, and certainly, I'm I'm guessing, Jonathan, in this discussion, we don't set ourselves up as as uh, paragons of decision making in which uh, we are the model of all good decision making. But we're we also are wrestling with this, just even as those that we serve are wrestling uh, with this perennial question of how do I know God's will for my life and how do I make responsible decisions based on that? Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think you're right. The academic context lends itself to that. Oftentimes we we are with students who are at major transitional points in their life. And then what ends up happening is you develop relationships with them during that time. And so then they, they, they tend to... Um, uh, kind of contact you again when big decisions are being made. So it, it's it's a critical issue, but it happens throughout your life. We, you and I, have gone through decisions in the last two or three years that were significant, consequential ones for our families, and we had to kind of wrestle through that same question. Although hopefully with perhaps a little more experience behind us. So it's not a it's not something you ever leave behind, but we do associate it oftentimes with you know finishing college or something like that. You think of a, and yet, and yet, we tend to think of it in terms of those big transitional moments, career changes, uh, who should I marry, big purchases. <laughs> These are th yeah. this is when we begin to we start asking the question, what is God's will uh, when a great big transitional moment is facing us? And that's understandable. Uh, yet at the same time, I I wonder if we would be better prepared for those those big moments, those kind of fulcrum sort of decisions that are going to leverage a direction in our lives, if we weren't maybe asking that question for ourselves daily, um, right? Yeah. What, is, what is God's will for me now? Because in, in one respect, when you hit that fork in the road, so to speak, asking the question, what is God's will for me now is something perhaps we should have been asking or should be asking ourselves daily. Well, I think that's a great place to start. Um, uh, we have a, a mutual friend who has often noted, you know, why is it that people tell me to, you know, spend time seeking the Lord for a decision of whether to buy a house, but not to buy a pair of socks? And 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 there are actually there are answers to that question. I mean, some some decisions do have greater consequence to our lives, greater implications. But but his point is is similar to the one you were just making, which is that. Our whole life and, and everything we do is to be done to the glory of God. The Apostle Paul says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And those are might seem like mundane activities. Eating and drinking are necessities of life. And yet even those basic necessities that we often don't give a lot of thought or care to, 
those two are to be done to the glory of God. So I think you're right. The starting place has to be, what is my life for? What is it? What is it about? What am I supposed to be doing with all of my time and all of my energy and all of my resources? And, and in, in starting in small and, and seemingly obvious ways, how is that to be brought under the authority of, of Christ and, and be done to his glory and in a way that's in keeping with the scriptures? So that's a big that's a big perspective that you've offered there just in terms of there there's a certain aboutness that is supposed to be if that's the right word it, that is supposed to be the same aboutness in every decision that we make uh which is the what I mean by that is intentionality or that at which we aim is the glory of God. Uh I think where people begin to First of all, that's that you know discerning how can I glorify God in the next move I make, whether it's a house or a pair of socks. Um, bearing that in mind, I think where people get a little bit of decision fatigue, perhaps, and maybe angst, is with regard to those particular questions. Yeah. Um, well, should I take this job? Should I marry this person? Right. Should I right. move to this? Should I should I move to this other place? Um, should I, or even, even more, those are even, should I, should I confront this individual, uh, the discern, the discerning of, you know, love covers a multitude of sins, but then the, you know, the wounds of a, of a friend are, are more faithful, uh, than the flattery of, you know, of others. And I think it's in that, that level that the decision-making and the will of God, uh, becomes more difficult to discern. Right. I, I think that's that's absolutely true. And and I think each of those decisions may fall into some slightly different categories, may have some slightly different uh, nuances. But but let's start here. If if all of our life is to be lived to the glory of God, then the next question is, well, how do we know what that looks like? And the answer to that question is, well, we know God's revealed will. We know we know what he's written in his word. We know what his law teaches. We know his commands. And and that's that's a huge step forward because then you're saying not just in an abstract sense everything I've got to do, everything I'm doing I'm doing to the glory of God but but more concretely I want to filter all my decisions and 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 habitually train my heart to filter my decisions through what God's word has said. So then it does start to get a little more tangible because you say, well, if I'm deciding about marriage, God's word says an awful lot about marriage, about the purpose of marriage, about the things that are uh that, that we're we're to look for, about the things that we're to value, about about the overarching goal of of this whole institution. So I mean those are those then do come into play and and with our with our homes the, the Bible says an awful lot about our money and about what we treasure and frankly even investing in homes is something that Jesus ha- happens to speak to um under the umbrella of his discussions regarding money. So so maybe that's a more concrete way to say it. What does the does the Bible speak to this? What what does the Bible say about these things. I think this goes to something you and I have discussed over the years, uh, which is uh, the question of English Bible knowledge. Uh, and I don't, yes. and I'm not, not moving in a different direction here, but just kind of staying with the focus you've given. If someone comes to you and says, you know, Dr. Master, what should I do about, 
you know, what is God's will for me? Um, you know, it's one thing to say, read your Bible. Um, but I think really the count, the, to give good counsel, we have to know our Bibles. I mean, there's right. a, there's a real sense of which there has to be a, a regular pondering closeness with the word of God itself. Um, and reading, th- I mean, re- obviously there's wisdom literature that is just tightly packed with so many different um, inspired aphorisms, uh, thinking of, of Proverbs and others, um, you know, when to hold your tongue, when when to speak, how how to conduct yourself with regard to authorities, how how to hand how to manage conflicts, how not to manage conflicts. I mean, there's so much wisdom, but if we don't and this is, I, I want to make an argument, maybe just make a quick case here for knowing our Bibles. If we don't know what is in our Bibles, um, if it is a foreign land to us, then when it comes time to make a decision what it, and, and ask the question, what is the will of God? If we don't know the will of God because we don't know the scriptures, we are hamstrung then at that point um, when we've been given the resources in scripture to make forward progress in terms of decisions. I think that's the the biggest key right there. It is it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Uh, the, the the hidden things are of the Lord. There are hidden things, but the things revealed are for us and for our children forever that you may observe all the words of this law. Deuteronomy 29:29. So, you're right. I think I think our biggest our biggest our single biggest problem is even if we give lip service to the idea that we our lives are to be lived for God's glory, we really don't know the Word of God to the extent that we should. Now, there is we can move down a category and say, having said that, there are um, there are things that even under that umbrella are still unclear to us. I mean, you mentioned the Proverbs, and one of the interesting things about the Proverbs is that some some of the proverbs on the surface appear to contradict and what i mean by that is not contradictions in the scriptures of course but what i mean is you mentioned you know should i talk to someone or shouldn't i talk to someone to con- confront them and right side by side in proverbs 26 you can read answer a fool according to his folly or or uh or he will become wise in his own eyes so you've got to answer him and then and then just next to it, it'll say, do not answer a fool according to his folly or you will become like him. Lest you become like him. Yeah, exactly. And so there, there is this inherent tension. And those are those are areas where we would say we are enjoined to act with biblical wisdom. But even there, the Bible's not silent because the Bible tells us how to grow in wisdom. So maybe two. So if I want to, this is not to undercut in the least the sufficiency of Scripture, but it does seem to me that even Scripture itself points to further resources uh, when we come to these moments of great decision. And I'm thinking here particularly of prayer and counsel. Uh, right. Prayer and right. counsel. So right. Jonathan, what role? I mean, when you come to those decisions, sometimes, sometimes when it's when you're praying about something that is specifically revealed, um, should I do this or should I do that? That's a time when you should just stop praying and start doing. I think of that time in Joshua when the people had disobeyed, and then Joshua goes to the Lord in prayer, and then Joshua or God says to Joshua, um, "Get up off your knees uh, and go obey." Because right. it's not wisdom that you need; it's obedience that you lack. Um, so there's that, but then there's also the place for prayer. And so maybe you could say something to how how prayer 
specifically how should we be praying maybe when we come to those decisions maybe when either decision has good points and neither is clearly in violation of the revealed will of god right well i want to but but that's that's a an an important thing to emphasize i i have had i'm sure every pastor has had this experience someone come into their office and say you know i really i was i, I was praying about it and, and i really think god's telling me to you know leave my wife um and and there's no you know no grounds for it just but god told me to do it you know that that's that's where it just gets used as a, a it, that's it's nonsense it's against the revealed will of god so we do we do have to say that but to to your specific question i think the the bible tells us that we should pray for wisdom particularly in the context of suffering which could take on a a wide range of expressions it could be physical suffering it could be uh, suffering in terms of health uh, or or something else but it could just be it could be a real struggle a real challenge a real uh, lack of clarity and the bible says pray for wisdom because god delights in giving that he gives to all liberally without finding fault so we've got our bibles open we're scouring the scriptures we we want to be men and women of the word and then we ask god for wisdom and ask him to keep us from uh from putting ourselves in a position where we're not able to discharge the duties that he's given us to do in other words you know if you have children you need to pray that that God keeps you from doing something really stupid that that harms them and that may not be sinful, but is just is is going to lead to things that that are not um, in keeping with His word or 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 things like that. Um, and so I think we we pray for wisdom. We pray for wisdom specifically according to what we know the broad parameters of our life. Uh, uh, of our responsibilities and duties are so lord you have given me uh, a family so so please give me wisdom because i know that the, the decisions i'm making here have implications for them help me to think through that help me to be clear in my own mind but also uh loving towards them and 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 you could go on and on lord i i, I, I you've given me responsibilities as a boss or as a as a worker and and i know that there are certain commands associated with that so please Give me wisdom to make a decision here that doesn't doesn't put me in a bad position with respect to keeping your commands down the road. Those are the kinds of things that I think we should pray. And those and and you notice too how that prayer for wisdom is kind of intermixed with a with a with a a, a study and a and a meditation on the Word of God in specific areas of life. Two more points I want to I thought we could hit before we before we close up. Uh, the first with regard to counselors, um, that we have scripture and prayer and other resources too that are helping us in this. Um, conscience, the Holy Spirit, um, if, if I might so indulge, even even the promptings of holy angels, yeah. according to some Puritans, um, which is nothing to do with you. It's just their ministry to us. But let's talk about human counselors. Um how should we how should we go about in other words we don't want to when we come to great momentous decisions there's some prudence in in not kind of profligately just throwing that out there to everybody um some of these decisions are of a nature where you need you need discreet counsel uh from a fellow believer how should we go about seeking counsel in that case well i think we all need to have people in our lives who who are 
spiritually mature and are able to help us out of their wisdom, out of their maturity, out of their uh, experience to to make good decisions. That's the 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 Bible tells us that that in a multitude of counselors, there's great wisdom. Now you're absolutely right. We're not crowdsourcing our decisions. We're not putting them on Twitter as a poll. You know, should I should I take this job or shouldn't? I? That would be that would be folly, and it would be. It would it would be an abdication of the duty that the Lord gives to each of us. However, there should we should have Christians should have two or three people in their lives, maybe their pastor, elders, um, uh, other other godly men or women to whom they can go in situation. Maybe family members, parents uh, to whom they can go in situations like this. Now, look, sometimes there are decisions where you're getting counsel from different people that that that, that variance, and and you have to. You have to filter that because maybe they have a stake in it. They don't want you to move, and so they're going to tell you you shouldn't move. Um, that happens, of course, and and sometimes you're left with, uh, you know, doing your very best to humbly walk before the Lord and and, and in prayer and and with the guidance of common sense and and conscience and and the Bible, uh, make a, a good and godly decision. And you know, oftentimes when you do that. What I've seen is that even if you end up making a decision that later you look back and say, oh boy, there was a lot I didn't see and a lot of negative consequences, the fact remains you've still you've still glorified God in that. And 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 those people who are watching you, who are learning from you, who are under your care, recognize one of the things that I've always said about my own parents is that whatever decisions they made, um, sometimes they didn't always understand what the consequences would be of a move or something. But the reality was this. they I knew with absolute certainty that they were trying to do the very best and most biblical thing they could do. And that 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 goes a, a long way. That's what really ends up ends up mattering. You anticipated me with your final point there. Uh, I think it's when you when you make a decision, uh, and then there are certain consequences of it, uh, unintended, unforeseen, uh, that you couldn't responsibly have anticipated. Uh, did you? The question then people sometimes ask is, "Was this God's will for me?" And I, I think you and I would both want to emphatically say yes in, in terms of His decree because it happened. Yes. Um, this doesn't mean that now you don't need to make some further decisions or or course redirections, but that we don't want to look at. I'll just take for instance the valley of the shadow of death. That you you make some decisions that set a set in in course of motion events that are um, you know difficult or undesirable or need to be you know need to be gotten out of. That doesn't mean though that the Lord's hand wasn't in the directing of our steps because sometimes He does lay us under rods or lead us in the valley of the shadow of death or a, a little less dramatically just bring us into adversities. I think of Job, should we receive good from the hand of the Lord only and not adversity also? And that sometimes in his wise and fatherly direction, he sends adversity our way to teach us things that if he had left us just exactly where we were, you know, before we made the fateful decision, then we would not have been drawn to him. We would not have been taken account of ourselves. We would not have had the occasion to examine uh, our own hearts and our sufficiency in him. There are all sorts of things that, and I put this in scare quotes for listeners, bad decisions, so to speak, can actually be 
not sinful per se, and of the Lord's wise dealing with us, um, if we will learn the lessons uh, that He's designed for us in them, and I, so as not to so as not to despair. Um, even when a decision is made, I, I saw an article a year and some in the last few months of of people, you know, the 2021 job exodus and like 20, like 60 percent of the people wish they hadn't quit their jobs or something like that. It was like it was a stunning, it was a stunning statistic across like all sectors of work in the United States. And you realize, but that doesn't mean that 60% of the people made foolish or sinful decisions, even if they're now saying, well, I'd, I'd like to you know, make a further change, but that the Lord is at work in and through those as well. Um, that he's, you know, we plan our way, but he does direct our steps according to his wise and fatherly care. And that all of these things are designed uh, to build us more and more into the likeness of his own son who supremely entrusted himself uh, to the father. Yeah, the scriptures tell us that not a hair falls from our head, but that our father in heaven knows it. And and our uh, relying on his fatherly care is so vital. The reality is that our our lives are not best lived going from strength to strength. So even if we look back and say that that decision wasn't a sinful decision, as far as I know, but it was a foolish decision. Uh, there were th- factors I didn't consider. Boy, I really should have. Well, you know that's not that's not a bad thing because what what does that do? That that just rem- um, reminds you, drives home the the your own uh, fallenness, your own fallibility, uh, your own weakness and and uh, limitedness, and 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 those those qualities of being a creature are actually good qualities for us to continually remind ourselves of that we are, that we are contingent beings that we are very fallible the lord say, uh, the, the scriptures say the lord knows our frame that we are but dust and and sometimes we need to know that too and and we see that by by doing things that boy in retrospect we wish we hadn't done even if they weren't sinful well, that's a good word. Good counsel. You've you've been my friend and given me counsel over the years. I'm glad we could could let others uh, listen in on this, and I'm sure we'll continue discussions like this uh, in days ahead. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a joy. It really is. Well, James, because so much of what we've discussed has had to do with the sovereignty of God and the providence of God, we are giving away uh, because of the generosity of our friends at Banner of Truth copies of John Flavel's The Mystery of Providence. If you'd like to possibly win one of those copies that we have on hand, you can go to placefortruth.org, click on the Theology on the Go link, and there's an, a spot there for you to enter your information to win John Flavel Mystery of Providence, which is just a, a, a wonderful book that puts uh, the circumstances of life in, in their proper and biblical perspective. Uh, as always, we are grateful for our listeners. If you have feedback for us, please send it to us. If you can pass along this podcast to others, we would appreciate it. Rate and review it wherever you download. And if you're able to make a donation to the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, you can do that at alliancenet.org or placefortruth.org. As always, thank you for listening to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. <laughs>